Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. Hi, Melanie. How are you? Great. How are you today? Good. I am so excited that you're with us today and that we're going to include you in our story series because I think that people are really going to benefit from hearing your story today. I hope so. Melanie, you and Jeremy came to Victory from a sister church of ours in Chester called Christian Life, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a phenomenal church, great friends of ours. We love them to death. Um, Have you been a Christian most of your life? What was your upbringing as a Christian? Right. So I did grow up in a Christian home. Um, We went to a very conservative Baptist church. I didn't know until I left home that there were multiple kinds of Baptists um, until my brother was in the military. And he said somebody asked him what his denomination was. and He said Baptist. And he said, what kind of Baptist? And we went to a Temple Baptist church and he said, a Temple Baptist. I don't know. And so it really wasn't until my teenage years that I realized that there were multiple kinds of Baptists. I grew up in a small town and, you know, you were really Baptist or Presbyterian and that was it. And um, and so we did go to church, but like I said, it was a very conservative church and um, the role of women was minimal. And I I loved the people and I felt like they loved God and pursued God. Um, but. It was very performance based and very, um, I don't know, it was not something that even at a young age I felt like I connected to. Like, I, it was always like, really, kind of, is this it? Um, I got involved in missions at an early age, and um, I remember actually it was about 16 when I went on my 15, 15, when I went on my first mission trip, I went to Mexico with the youth and um, we did some street ministry with some other churches and things, but I remember standing on the plot um, where the missionaries were housed, like their little compound or whatever, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't even know there'd be a Holy Spirit at that stage of the game, but um, the Holy Spirit in the church that I grew up with was kind of, you know, the Jiminy Cricket that convicts you. But um, anyway, and he just spoke to me and said, this is the call in your life. Like missions is the call in your life. And I was like, I'm down. This is awesome. <laughs> and that was kind of it. And then I left, went away to college. And then um, I went to um, the Baptist student union, the Baptist student ministry and met a diverse group of people. Ironically, probably less than half actually were Baptist. And uh, it really kind of, messed with me, I guess. I remember the first Sunday I was at school going to a Baptist church and they served communion, but it was, there was a female deaconess that tripped me out and serving me communion. And, um, it was not unleavened bread, which I, you know, so I was just like, should I take it? Should I not take it? I don't know. Like, it was just, you know, I feel like, that's kind of really what pushed me into my own faith was to call these details into question to say, okay, where am I with this? And, you know, meeting friends who were female who felt called into the ministry and I had walked with them for years and knew their faith was solid, you know, but where I grew up, 
that was not an option. You know, she was in sin. She was hearing wrong. There's no way God would call a female into the ministry. You know, you're supposed to be a wife and a mother. Like, that's the greatest role for you as a woman. And, you know, just wrestling with all of that. Um, one Sunday, a friend of mine, or one week, a friend of mine um, who, you know, come to find out, which they're super prophetic, super one of those, like, sees demons kind of people, sees in the spirit room all the time. Um, and I didn't know that about him yet. Uh, probably a good thing. And he said, I really feel like you're supposed to come to church with me. And I was like, okay. So I went to church with him and I was enthralled and terrified in everything all at the same time. And I remember thinking, as long as no snakes come out, I'm good. And so, uh, but there was something in the worship, there was something, you know, just the presence of the Holy Spirit that just within me was like a yes, 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 yes. This is what I've been looking for and dissatisfied, but I couldn't identify it because I didn't know, you know, what else was out there, if if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's, I guess, kind of how I came to this spirit-filled church experience. So when you first saw women doing things in church that you hadn't seen them do before and you started thinking, maybe I need to reevaluate what I think um, as far as what I the specifics of my faith, not the, you know, the foundation of my faith. What process did you go through to determine what was the right direction? I don't think it was much of a journey for me as it maybe was for other uh ladies I grew up with because my mom was someone who challenged the status quo in how women were to operate as far as in her workplace as a nurse. She was a strong advocate, not a yes doctor kind of nurse. And then in church, she was someone who would challenge the, the, the traditional thinking in a way that, that showed that sometimes it's just not practical, right? Like, um, the expectation was that she would wear uh, a skirt to work. Well, that's not very practical when you're crawling on, you know, over patients and bending down to get things. So she would wear pants to work. So it's one of those. It's not sometimes it's just not practical. So I think her her willingness to challenge the status quo made it a lot easier for me. So it wasn't that far for me, but I felt like it's just having those conversations with people getting to know them and knowing that their walk with God was legit and looking at the scriptures for myself, learning more about the context of the scriptures that refer to women and what they can and can't do in church. But also, you know, looking at the old Testament and there was female judges and female, there was instrumental females throughout the Bible. And so it, it kind of made me reevaluate. Okay. You know, I, I'm right. Yeah that there is a place for me yeah. in the church to serve and to minister and not just in preschool. It sounds like in your journey that you were looking for something. And the reason it was so quick for you is that once you found it, you knew you had found it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I remember, um, and the church I went to Williamsburg was also a Christian life, which is interesting, but, I remember being there and not understanding really what was going on, that there was just this full body resonating like, yes, I remember being there and 
somebody gave a prophetic word and I still to this day remember what it was. And it was a general prophetic word in the middle of worship. Um, but it so resonated with me and I thought that is an amazing gift just to be able to be the mouthpiece of God, you know, and inspire people in such a way. And it was a, an immature, I wish I could do that, you know, like, right. but it was that longing for that gift and not even knowing, you know, what was ahead of me, but having people who were gracious and poured into me and were patient with me as I navigated all of that. Melanie, when it comes to your experience with the Holy Spirit, did you have like a moment in the Holy Spirit where you just knew something has radically changed in me? I think the Lord in his wisdom was more of a slow fade for me. Um, uh, he was very much a gentleman, uh, which was not my experience with men to that point. So, um, I think he was wise in the way he approached me, but I remember being at a service and I wasn't in any form of leadership. I was just attending the church and, uh, there was an altar call and I remember there were two ladies up front for prayer in the altar they were standing and I don't recall if I knew them or not. But I just had this strong burden to go pray for them. Um, and so I, I walked behind them and put my hands on their backs and was like, Lord, I don't know how to, I don't know why you have me here. I don't know how to pray for them. Like, I don't know what's going on, you know, obviously, but it just immediately my prayer language came out and I was like, well, I guess this is that, you know, like it was kind of, it wasn't overwhelming. And honestly, in a lot of ways, I felt like I got gypped in that experience. You know, I watched other people get baptized in the Holy Spirit and, you know, they're crying. They just, they say, just feel like elated and overwhelmed. And it just, you know, their prayer language just bubbles out and it's so beautiful. And, and it, that didn't happen. So it made me question that experience. Like, did I do that? Did I make it up? But the Lord confirmed in multiple ways that it was a valid experience. And so I, I'm okay years later that it was unique. But so you were in an environment where you had heard people prophesying. You had heard people speaking in tongues or in their prayer language. And so when it just started coming out of your mouth, you knew what it was. You'd been exposed to it, but it wasn't something that you were seeking in the moment. I was not seeking it in the moment. I just knew I was supposed to go pray for them. I just didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to pray because I didn't know the situation. I, I didn't have a human knowledge of their circumstances, but I wanted to be obedient, you know, but when God asked you to do something, you really don't want to mess it up, you know, <laughs> like, well, bless them. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. just, and I, I guess in hindsight, I had a lot of those experiences where it was just a deep burning knowing this is what I have to do, even if it doesn't make sense. Um, and that's actually how I met Jeremy was um, there was a um, an organization for summer missions when, you, you know, between college years or whatever in the summer to, to do missions. And I remember being at the conference where they laid out all the mission things that you could do. And I just knew I was supposed to do it. And, um, I grew up outside of Lynchburg. We were at Eagle Irie in Lynchburg. And so my mom met me for lunch on the way back to my home campus. And, um, and I was like, mom, 
the summer missions thing. I've got to do it. But the stipend was, you know, minimal. And at that point, she was a single mom and there really was a need for me to raise some funds throughout the summer to help fund school. So it didn't make any sense. And she said, well, we'll talk about it. I said, no, you don't understand. Like, I have to do this. I can't explain it to you, but I nearly have no choice. Like, I am that level of compelled. And I met Jeremy at the training that year. So obviously it worked out. But also I was at a children's home that year and um, kind of for residential wards of the state kind of thing. Uh, and we were house parents and we worked with the kids, but working with those kids unearthed a lot of healing that needed to happen in my own life from my experiences. And so the Lord used it in so many ways. But so now I know I've had those experiences happen enough that when that unction is there, I need to listen for you know, sure. You know, when I hear your story, one of the things that comes to mind is with a lot of people, the being used by the Lord has a lot to do with the word yes, where right. people just are willing to say yes when God puts the, something on their heart. And one of the greatest challenges I think that people have with the the word yes, other than just like, you know, your will, not my will. But a lot of times people go, well, I'm willing to say yes to you, God, and I'm willing to step out and speak to that person, or I'm willing to step out or do and do that act. But sometimes people are afraid of, of getting it wrong. And that ends right. up being the thing that puts the parking brake on their walk with the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit is the fear of getting things wrong. It would encourage people not to hold back out of that fear. Well, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? Um, I feel like you, I, someone at, at church said something to me when I gave a word one morning. That's so amazing. And I wish I could do that. And I remember thinking that's exactly where I was. And if there's, it says eagerly desire the, these gifts, you know, particularly prophecy because it's so edifying. So I don't think that, you know, God's stingy with his gifts. And so I would encourage that if anyone has that desire where some, when someone prophesies, there's just something in you. It's not a jealousy thing. There's an, it's like your spirit is reaching out saying, I want to be part of that, that, that I would say pursue, pursue and ask. Ask God to show you. Always check it. I like the system that we have at church. Go to someone and check and make sure that it's a legit word and let them discern with you. So, Melanie, if you were to describe for somebody who has never operated in a gift of prophecy and said, I would, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in how that works. If you were to just kind of very simply tell us, like, how does a word of encouragement, a word of knowledge work? I think I've heard it said best, and you probably were the one that said it, that it's a thought in your head, but it's smarter than you. For me, the pestering thing, it's that I really have a need to say this, and it's not I have a need to say this because I feel like I'm right or whatever, but I have this need to, to share. There's something that's just kind of burning within that, that needs to come out and it's not, and there's a love over it. That's not you that 
when the thought comes that there's an intentionality and an affection and a care for them that I know is greater than me. Yeah, there's a purity about it that is better than we are. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Oftentimes when I feel like the Lord's giving me a word for someone, I will first of all ask myself, is it scriptural? Because I think that is just paramount. Nothing, you know, is going to be above the authority of scripture. And sometimes if I'm on the fence and I'll say, you know, Lord, I'm not really sure this is you for this person at this moment. Maybe this is just a thought I have about the person and being very careful. I'll say, God, if this is you right now, give me a specific scripture for them right now that couples well with this word uh, that will give me um, more confidence because of, uh, you know, there's a timing to the prophetic. And that's something that's always fascinating to me is getting the timing along with the word itself. And the really cool thing is how God will prepare the hearer, not just the person who is sharing it. And right. That's really exciting. It's so I was thinking about this today that God is such a multitasker that he's, uh, which I appreciate <laughs> that he doesn't, it's not that he's ever doing one thing that what, what you're sharing with that person is affecting others and will affect that person's trajectory, but it also affects you and your confidence and being able to speak. And it's doing so many things all at the same time, which I think is just absolutely beautiful. And I love, the times that he's had me step out and share a word for somebody or somebody stepped out to share a word with me and it led into a conversation and a connection that needed to happen that wouldn't have necessarily happened a different way. Yeah. I also think it's brilliant the way that he set it up that you, your operation of the gift increases your dependence on him. So it's not just pushing the other person forward in what God is asking of them or, or doing in their life, but that it's deepening your trust and your intentionality to press your ear to his heart to make sure you're not getting it wrong. That's right. One of the things that I hear when I hear your story is there was something in you that is desired to say yes to God all along the way. And that willingness is a huge deal. I find that a lot of times in people's lives, God is willing to use folks as much as they're willing to yield themselves to be used. And that it's it's not a comparison thing. It's not a Jesus likes Melanie more than so-and-so, but that willingness has so much to do with how much ex- we get to experience just God doing things around us. There's another thing that I hear in your story that I think is very interesting. And I think it has specifically to do with women in ministry. And that is, I think there are a lot of women out there that their desire is to be honoring to God and submissive to God. And I think that's absolutely right. And they're actually waiting for permission to be able to serve because they don't want to violate God in um, who he is and as their authority. And so people are waiting for permission. Have you found any scriptures in your life that God has really used as like a key, you have permission kind of scripture? 
Absolutely. And um, I think it, that we're celebrating Pentecost on the day that we're showing this is uh, pretty cool as we talk about the Holy Spirit and point up that scripture. Um, but in Acts chapter 2, where Pentecost happens, it says uh, when Peter stood up and that he addressed the crowd, he says, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I don't think we can get any more last days than where we are. I hope it doesn't get worse than this, but, but I would say two things. One, I would just say you have permission that God has, this is a promise of God and it is for everyone. It's like salvation. It's not just for a certain demographic. It is for everyone and the gifts of the spirit are for everyone. You know, if we say he's a good father, a good father doesn't just give gifts to some of his children. He gives gifts to all of his children and he does so according to the needs of each child. And I feel like our Heavenly Father does the same. I think for a lot of people, if they weren't afraid of getting it wrong, they weren't afraid of making God angry, and they weren't Mm -hmm. afraid of being embarrassed, that they would step out and do some more crazy things for God and be willing to make, make some mistakes. Melanie, what would you say to the person today who says, I want to do more for the Lord. I want to be able to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit that First Corinthians 12 talks about, you know, healing and prophecy and words of knowledge and these types of things. What would you tell that person who's seeking to be able to do more? We'd probably ask them the question, why not? What's holding you back? Because I think any any advice that you can give falls on deaf ears if there's a fear or something else that they can disqualify that advice is not applicable to them i would say what what is what is the lie keeping you from doing it to really ask god what is what's keeping me what's the wall here is it that i'm afraid is it i don't feel qualified is it what is it i don't feel good enough i don't feel smart enough what is that and ask god to replace it with his truth and then just go for it and know that you're covered. Yeah, that's right. Will you pray for that person today who says, I want to do more, and this thing that is holding me back, um, I'm ready to set it aside today. Absolutely. Father God, I just thank you that you care for us, and you care for us so perfectly and so uniquely that your love is not it's not unequal, but it's unique. God, that you you love us and you desire for us to partner in your greater plan. And, Father, I just thank you for each person that's listening or watching this. Father, I pray that you would just dig in their spirit and unearth the desires that you have placed there that they probably feel but think maybe it's too ambitious or too selfish or too whatever. God, that you would just validate their identity. You would validate their calling. You would validate their gifts. Lord, let it just be an urging that won't go away, just an, an unction within them to move and to do all that you've called them to do in a way 
that is God breathed and God ordained and anointed and safe and protected by you. God, we thank you that your mercy and your grace are more than enough to cover our feelings for the mistakes that we make when we move ahead of you or when we lag behind. God, I just pray that you would remove the barriers of fear. We just cast out fear right now in the name of Jesus. God, I just ask you pour out healing in the places that have caused hesitation. God, I just thank you that you are truly a good, good father, and you lead and guide your children, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Melanie, I want to thank you for your time today. I really appreciate you sharing your story, and I just know that it's going to be a real encouragement to people today. Thank you. And to our church family, I miss you, and I am looking forward to hugging all of you. (laughs) Yes, we are all ready to go to real life, I can hug your neck kind of church again. If you're listening to today's message and you're in a place where you need to take some next steps with Jesus, maybe it's that right now you're not in a place where you've turned your life over to the Lord. I want to encourage you to do that. It's like the greatest decision you'll ever make. He is the greatest master, the greatest leader, the greatest shepherd of our soul. And if you're in that place where you're just like, I have got to turn my life over to Jesus, I want to encourage you to reach out to us and let us know because we want to walk with you. If that's you today, would you go to victorychristian.church and click on Next Steps? We would love to hear from you. And again, we just want to help you and walk with you because this is a journey that you don't have to take alone. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.